following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. You know, Captain Crunch really cuts the roof of my mouth. But Captain Stabbing really tears up my ass. Damn, that's scary. Hey, girly. Did you hear about Chris Rock finally clapping back at Will Smith for the slap heard around the world? I did. I heard that he was especially vicious. Was he now? Yeah. It's hard to believe that that incident actually happened uh, just about a year ago. Greatest night in the history of television. Okay. It's amazing that we're still talking about it because there's so much more of important shit going on in the world right now. But I guess nothing is more important than this slap. I mean, what could be more important than one celebrity just kind of beating the hell out of another one? And then a year later, that celebrity verbally abusing the initiator. <laughs> oh, wow. Did that make sense? I, I dig just that. It, okay. it did. Yeah, sure. Okay. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Yay! Speaking of which, yeah, we had a little bit of a problem last week uh, that we should probably publicly address. Oh, I feel like there may have been a lot of confusion. Yeah, and a lot of parallels between our situation and that of Will Smith and one Christopher Rock. Interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. So with that said, let's get right into the apology corner. Matt, cue us, baby. There he is. All right. If I may. By all means. It's no secret that our last episode was riddled with controversy. And naturally, many of our loyal listeners had questions. They did. So let me explain and apologize in the vaguest terms possible so we can hopefully avoid any further uh, shenanigans, let's say. Everybody fucking knows, yes! In a word, we got Smith. (laughs) Will Smith. And by that, I mean we are the victims of selective outrage. Will Smith practices selective outrage. Not that I would ever compare either of us to Chris Rock. I mean, he's a genius and I'm an alcoholic. But there are parallels nonetheless. So basically, last episode I told a one-off throwaway joke based on a running gag and terminology that we've been using for at least, like, I don't know, 69 episodes. 69, dudes! And it was unexpectedly somehow taken personally. So, without being too specific, I just want to say that it was in no way meant to be a personal attack, and I just kind of assumed that the wording was so absurd that nobody with a sense of humor could possibly take offense to it. After all, we are a horror podcast that revels in R-rated humor, so naturally, we figure that our audience generally comes in with a somewhat thick skin. Tragically, I was wrong, and for that, I apologize. However, what I have a harder time abiding is the aggression we received as a result of this situation. Now, I'm a big girl, and I can drink enough that the insults won't bother me. But if you're trying to cancel us, all I can say is take your best shot. Our audience knows we make jokes from a place of love. It's even in our outro. 
So if you're expecting to create some rage mob by pandering to a certain demographic, all I can say is, thanks for advertising. We proudly include everyone in our BTS family, and we'll continue to have fun making content our way. So thanks for listening. We do not negotiate with terrorists. With that said, here is a list of things that we do hate. I hate wasps. I hate soggy shoes. I hate Sting. I hate the police. I hate Roxanne. I hate Roseanne. I hate Rage Against the Machine. I hate Florence in the Machine. I hate fluoride. I just hate brushing my teeth. I hate the dentist. I hate the proctologist. I hate cats. I fucking hate dogs. I hate Barry Manilow. I hate Barry White. I hate Hillary Clinton. I hate Chelsea Clinton. I hate George Clinton and the P-Funk All-Stars. I hate Parliament Lights. I hate both houses of Parliament. I hate fish and chips. I hate the queen. I hate that snooty prince. I hate the king. I hate the bishop. I hate whales. I fuck dolphins. I hate the porpoise. I hate having purpose. I hate crocodiles. I just hate crocs. I hate Russell Crowe. I hate Russell Brand. I hate Charles Brand. I hate Charles Xavier. I hate Xavier Woods. I hate Tiger Woods. I hate the woods. I hate the desert. I hate the desert. I hate the rainforest. I hate Power Rangers Geo. I hate the Megazord. I hate the Agro Crag. I hate Cro-Magnon Man. I hate poor people. I hate the way they smell. I hate the way they taste. I hate the taste of porridge. I hate when it pours. I just kind of hate rhyming. I hate timing. I hate the color orange. I hate borge. Gotcha, you motherfucker. Borge. I hate borscht. I hate Russia. I hate Prussia. I hate Franz Ferdinand. I hate East Nighter Street. I hate Ghosts of Mars. I hate Ghost Dad. I hate Big Daddy. I hate Daddy's house. Is that a movie? No. Daddy's, is Daddy's big, house a movie? Big... In your oh. mind, that's a movie with uh, yeah. oh, no, no, real no. actors in it and a no, director? No, they're Daddy's not. Daddy's house? No, this, no, this is real. I hate Big Mama's house. I hate house. I hate house, too. Well, I hate house three. But you know but what I hate all... more than anything? I hate the new Scream movie. Yeah! Yeah! yeah. Suck! I'm going to, okay? Oh, so bad. Ladies and gentlemen, we are. <laughs> That's scary. Yes, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. My name is Micah. I'm coming out of Nevada. Over there in Buffalo, New York, is the mustachioed, handsome-faced Greg. Greg. Greg, say hi to the peoples. Word to your moms. I came to drop out. I came to get down. I came to get down. Hi, everybody. Oh, what's up, horror sluts? How is everyone doing? And if you think for a second that Greg and I actually hate the house series, you are surely mistaken, and you don't have a fucking sense of humor. Yeah, but hopefully uh, you didn't miss the point of that one. We don't actually hate all those things that we were listing. It's kind of a joke. No shit, Sherlock. I hate the color orange and uh, Russian figurehead Franz Ferdinand, uh, for sure. Isn't that, is that, is that a band? Yeah, but it's, it's named after a man. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. he was uh, influential in, uh, 
the onset of World War One, I, I believe it was. Oh, imagine dragons. Okay, I got it. But it is a fact. I am not a fan of Scream 6, Greg. Craig. Turns out that movie was a bit of a dud. Well, it seems as though is that I'm actually in the minority with thinking this way. It's getting really? great reviews. It is uh, breaking box office records. It's doing great in the theaters, which, I mean, that's wonderful. It's horror. That's great. Scream is, in fact, an incredible franchise. It's usually a fun time. But I went into this movie with high expectations running off of Scream 5, which was kind of like a, uh, a soft reboot of the series. I truly love Scream 5. It came out last year. There were like two scenes that actually made me fucking cry. They say uh, Scream 5 was the old yeller of the Scream series. It kind of like in a way tried to reinvent the series, which I give kudos to, but it didn't really work for me. The movie relied on gore, ridiculous chase scenes, and it lacked heart, it lacked soul, and it lacked good storytelling. I cannot stand the new cast of Scream 6. I, I, it might be like a generational thing, because you and I are, are men of a certain age. The golden age is what we are. We're technically middle-aged. More or less. Yeah, middle-aged and crazy. We are so set in our ways. Um, we, we hide it well with our general level of maturity. And good looks. I've always thought that. I know that. Mm. Uh, screen 6 takes you to New York City for seemingly no fucking reason at all, other than the fact that a couple of the survivors from the last movie, they're going to school in New York City. It was really cool seeing a damn that scary poster inside the apartment in the opening of the movie. I really dug that. You know, I noticed that. Yeah. How the yeah, fuck did we get that in there? It's not a bad question, Bert. Let me guess. You know the best boy. <laughs> no, I know the grip. Yeah. yeah. I've heard about the legendary best boy grip. And let me tell you, it would get my po the movie had a few callbacks, you know, reoccurring characters, but God damn it. It just felt forced. It really felt short for me. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to spoil anything here, but Ghostface is like this big bulky Kane Hodder type character, just very ominous, tall, big, big, ominous, tall, big. And then when you finally get to the reveal of who Ghostface is, and there's a good chance it's probably more than one. I don't want to give any spoilers out here. It's just not, it's not feasible. It's like a little, it's I think you're about to give something away if you keep talking, man. I, I think I should probably cut you off here. All you're, I'm saying is, is that you when you finally- spoiling this movie. When you rapidly. finally reveal who Ghostface is, it's somebody who has no, never uh, done- No, uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Can I please say it? You shouldn't. You're going to kill the fucking It's somebody who has never done a fucking push-up in their lives. Oh. So me? Oh. Ghostface should not be able to overpower people the way they do, and then they reveal it to be, like, somebody who's a buck 30. Well, you know, um, the last Halloween movie, Jamie Lee Curtis really beat the fuck out of Michael Myers, so I'm, I'm willing to accept any kind of, you know, size ratio... Mano a mano fist fight that doesn't really fucking add up. Uh, guess, this is Hollywood, man. man. This is magic. This is filmmaking. They don't they don't have to be really uh, contenders in real life. As long as one of them stabs the other in the end, 
doesn't even have to be with a knife. I'm willing to fucking give it my money, take a chance, check out Scream 6. Honestly, I've heard it's quite good. And all the things that you said, I think uh, the opposite are true. One last thing. Yeah, go ahead. The new cast is Uh absolutely impervious to multiple stabbings. Yeah. You're not? I don't know. I feel like if I got stabbed 38 times, you're going to eventually hit an artery, an organ, something important, <laughs> and I'm going to die. That's it. Game Fair over. Enough. As a matter of fact, I think I could survive maybe like three stab wounds tops. I know for a fact you could take at least five to six. Is this a penis joke, Craig? I've been making dick jokes this whole time. Oh! Get it? Stab? Like, you know, like, like a wiener? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get it now. Okay. Scream 6, cool. everybody. Check it out. It's in theaters now. Uh, you'll probably be disappointed. Uncle Wes would not approve. No. Apparently, I'm the only fucking one who hates this movie. And you're the only one whose opinion matters. That's why we're listening to DTS right now. Yay! Goddamn right. Greg. Yes. I know you didn't see the new Scream, but no. have you checked out anything else this week? Aside from staring into a mirror, wondering how my life has become the pathetic cesspool of disappointment and despair that it is, crying tears of sadness into a mostly empty whiskey glass night by night, falling asleep on the floor half-clothed, waking up covered in cat hair and feces, just lamenting both my loss of innocence and my complete unpreparedness for a distant future that I know is never going to fulfill me. I did watch a couple of trailers, though! Yay! Oh, God, I really didn't need your life story there, buddy. Um, Would you like to hear about them? Boy, howdy! Our first one is called The Blackening. Oh, cool! It is basically... A black exploitation Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah, I really like the Jumanji aspect of it. Jumanji. And it is full of poignant political humor and all the horror tropes you can handle. This is the next story Joe Biden will claim as his own personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Kamala Harris and Corn Pop. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? You may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. That's right. The blackening is almost like a mix between Saw, Scary Movie, and Jumanji. 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 Yeah. Jumanji. I don't know. Does this work the same way as Beetlejuice, where if we say it three times, a fucking lion and a guy with a blunderbuss are going to jump out of my closet? Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah, so basically the synopsis is the Blackening centers around a group of black friends who reunite for a Jumanji. weekend getaway, only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forced to play by his rules, the friends soon realize this ain't no motherfucking game. It's directed by Tim Story, uh, the guy behind Ride Along, Think Like a Man, and Barbershop, and co-written nice. by Tracy Oliver, and uh, Dwayne Perkins, one of the guys behind one of my favorite shows of recent years, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hell yeah. 
it covers a lot of different horror tropes and this is uh this is going to be satirical it's going to be a lot of fun it it just means the question who's going to die first tell me man the black guy always dies first definitely check out the trailer for the blackening it'll be in theaters june 19th i was actually laughing out loud at this trailer like it looks great i'm absolutely going to check this holy shit i voted for trump twice what i fucking lost my shit that is a line from the trailer, by the way. Yeah, that is a line from the trailer, yeah. <laughs> so our next trailer is a little movie called The Unheard. The Un-what? The Unheard. When you say unheard, do you mean like cattle or like uh, I can't hear you? I mean like the opposite of Amber Heard, The Unheard. The story follows Johnny Depp. Yeah, his perpetual quest to bleach his sheep. And those sheets are blue. With a little bit of uh, fudge coloring towards some of the edges. A bunch of shit. Yeah, there's shit. There's poop in there's his shit, bed. Shit in the bed. She shit Amber Heard shit the bed. She shit the bed. Honestly, I have two, okay. but not on, like, purpose. Excellent! The Unheard features a clinical trial that thrusts Frodo Baggins into the dead zone in this derivative plot that is nowhere close to as funny as it sounds. Yeah, oh boy, this will be uh, coming up on Shutter March thirty first. Yeah, uh, yeah. As you said, it's a it's a clinical trial after undergoing an experimental procedure to restore her damaged hearing. Twenty year old Chloe Graydon uh, begins <laughs> yeah Frodo Baggins uh, begins to suffer her auditory hallucinations, seemingly related to the mysterious disappearance of her mother. Yes, I feel like this is going to kind of play on that terrible series Velma. I feel like we've seen this movie a hundred times before. This does not seem to have anything new to offer. As a matter of fact, it just looks like a more modern shitty version of things that we've seen a million times before. And I would actually rather watch a movie about Johnny Depp bleaching his sheets. Yeah, this movie kind of reminds me of a a movie from the early 90s called Blink, where a a woman has experimental surgery on her eyes. She witnesses a murder and blah, 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 blah. Also, that movie The Eye starring Jessica Alba. Uh, but for some reason, they're they're dealing with ears now. Yeah, this is just recycled jargon bullshit. Is The Eye either a sequel or remake to Blink? Uh, it's loosely based on it. It's kind of like that, a... If not, that seems like a missed opportunity. Blink? Just saying. The Eye. I'm really trying hard not to make a Blink-182 joke here because that would be dumb. Yeah, dude, like, <laughs> come on. What's my age again? That would be dumb. It feels like this growing up i actually don't know blink 182 damn it okay yeah so watch this movie or don't honestly i don't give a shit yeah i mean i don't give a fuck but we do have one more trailer oh this one is for slasher colon ripper oh man oh man i tell you what yeah i am a big old fan of the slasher series and i'm so happy that they're finally coming out with another season. The first slasher is by far the fucking best of the series. Uh, the second one, probably just as good. The third one did the whole, like, uh, let's get a message across shit that I didn't like, but the kills in it were phenomenal. Also uh-huh. a cameo of Bill, from uh, Bill Mosley himself. Always good. Uh, a damn that scary favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually they had Cronenberg uh, uh, in one of them. Uh, which is pretty fucking cool. This is a Canadian series. 
a lot of Canadian actors, if uh, you're fans of Letterkenny, you'll see a lot of the actors from Letterkenny actually pop up in this series quite a bit. We know Cronenberg loves his Letterkenny cast as well. Yeah, you're too play there. Hey, bud. Give your balls a Todd Tetpocket. This promises to be the most gruesome season yet because it pits Ichabod Crane against the cold blue spread eagle husk of a deceased demon widow. And I'm terrified just thinking about it. That's right. Slasher Ripper will air on Shudder April 6th. It is Canadian. They're unhinged. Heard the same thing from your mom last night. It is not going to be released in theaters or anything like that. It's a series. They don't have to answer to a lot of producers. They can kind of let their balls hang out. And they could really bring the gore. Give your pets a Todd Fall, fucker. If you're a fan of gore and good storytelling, you fucking loser. Check out Slasher. You can really taste the Trudeau. And it tastes syrupy. It's very syrupy. Kind of like you ever lick a moose? Yes, once. <laughs> That's why I'm in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> my man that's all we have for trailers i kind of want to cover a little bit of the news good good tony todd was recently interviewed okay and he was asked a very serious question and that was what the fuck happened to candy man versus leprechaun you know i was just wondering that earlier today that keeps me up at night sometimes let's talk about something important well tony todd actually said that this was right around the time of Freddy vs. Jason. Okay. And Candyman vs. Leprechaun did come across his desk. And he said, I saw it and said, I will never be involved in something like that. I respect the character. Once a horror character becomes something of an icon, like Candyman, reluctantly or not, you have to treat that with respect. I remember huh. watching Abbott and Costello vs. Frankenstein continuously as a kid. And being amazed that my horror legends were making a comedy. So I guess there are some ways to make something like that work. But I wasn't interested in doing that with Candyman. And honestly, I couldn't agree more. Candyman is one of the characters that should never, ever, ever be turned into a comedy. Yeah, you can do that with a lot of the big series. And a lot of them already have done it. I.e. every time anyone in them has gone to space particularly yeah. leprechaun that's a comedy and it's fucking beautiful. that is a fucking but, uh, comedy go back and listen to that episode probably our, best, our episode. best episode easily number 69 Kids! but yeah Candyman. uh although it would be hilarious to see him like bumbling around and like getting attacked by his own bees and fucking like swatting them away and, like falling through a window and all just totally slapstick it would completely undermine the terrifying aspects of that character and that kind of thing I would probably make a better, like, web short than an actual, like, canon movie. Like an you know animated I mean? short. Yeah. Yeah, if, if you're going to do, uh, like, a Freddy versus Jason kind of thing, because that's probably what they were going for. Definitely. Uh, you know, that yeah. sort of vibe. Now that I'm thinking about it, that could work as long as it's not overly stupid. It would be. You know There's what? I changed no my opinion way. on this entirely. Fuck it. Freddy versus Jason was great. Why couldn't Candyman versus Leprechaun be just as great? You know, after you mentioned Candyman being attacked by his own swarm of bees, Not the bees! And, ah! and like straight up like Looney Tunes falling off of a building, that actually is pretty funny. That is a great image, right? That. Like he, he, he falls out the window and he's stumbling around the sidewalk. Maybe he steps into a can of paint. 
to that stuck on his foot. And he's just kind of like plodding around. Cars are honking at him. Uh, there's like a paper boy out there yelling at him. And there's just fucking bees everywhere. He's surrounded by rakes <laughs> and he's being attacked by rakes. And he's like sideshow Bob. You know what? Tony, Todd, T. Todd, my friend. Get off your high horse. Have a little bit of a sense of humor about this character and about yourself especially. Honestly, I don't know. Is this really so beneath you? Oh, fuck. Now I'm torn. Damn it. That actually you know is what? really funny. Whenever I'm torn, don't know who to turn to, don't know what the answer to one of life's many conundrums is, first I turn to alcohol, but second I think... What would Tony Todd do? So full circle, right back to the start of this conversation. Maybe Tony had the right answer after all. Because Tony always has the right answer. Fuck it. No Candyman versus Leprechaun. Final answer. Too bad. Yeah, but you know what? When I'm torn, what happens to me is that I'm all out of faith. And this is how I feel. I'm cold and I'm ashamed lying naked on the floor. Illusion never change. Into something real. No singing, no singing, no singing. No singing. No singing. Okay, my man, I got some real groovy news for you. It turns out that Bruce Campbell actually will make a cameo in Evil Dead. Right. Of course. Who didn't see I mean, this coming? It was oh, we all happen. fucking knew this was going to happen. Bruce is going to be hidden in the movie somewhere. You just got to really focus and pay attention to the film. And you'll see the sexy deity himself, the Campbell. Pop what do you think up. he's going to be? He'll be an automobile or a piece of furniture? Yep. Think he'll be a deadite? He will cabin? be the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Royale, a.k.a. the classic. I think he's going to play that uh, that randy old tree from the first one. Oh, my sweet Jesus. <laughs> Don't get close to this tree. <laughs> or maybe he's going to play the basement. Maybe he'll play the Kandarian Dagger. I think he's just, he's going to be the Necronomicon, of course. He might play as the cabin. The stabbing cabin? Captain? You and the captain make it happen. I've heard that. An Evil yeah. Dead Rise, coming in 2024. Come Probably. That's right. Everybody, hold on to your butts, because we are just a little over a month away to the release of Evil Dead Rise with April 21st. And I, for one, Cannot wait. I am more excited than I've ever been for another feature film. I was really excited about Scream 6, man. Well, you know what? What Scream 6 lacked in quality, Evil Dead Rise will make up in Campbell. Truly. Soup? Yeah, the actor. Oh! The impresario. Bruce. I'm talking about Bruce. Oh, good. I was starting to feel like a real dick. Oh, Bruce, 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 Bruce. So Jenna Ortega is so hot right now. You mean Wednesday Adams? That's the one. She was just talking about how she wants Wednesday season two to really focus on horror. And my God, I could not agree more with this chick. Yeah, the uh, the first season really kind of dropped the ball on that aspect. Yeah, it was more like, a, hey, let's dance to the cramps. 
and uh, focus on like a murder mystery. I don't know what the fuck was going on. It was basically fucking Twilight starring Wednesday. Yeah. Adams. Adams. Yeah. Adams, but yeah. Wednesday season two, she is really pushing and lobbying to spice up the spooky factor and make it pure horror because honestly, that is Jenna Ortega's genre. Like, yeah. that's her. She's a new screen queen, man. I like it. It's a statement. And also, that... we need a hell of a lot more Gomez. Come on now. Yeah, we do. I do. I. You know what, man? I know a lot of people gave shit about... Uh... Guzman. I thought... He... Dude, he's awesome. He's such a good actor. He's fantastic. He's no Raul Julia. Of course! Yeah, no, totally. They need more of him. They need more Lurch. They need more of the whole fucking family. I need more Uncle Fester. Uh, but speaking of Jenna Ortega... She's actually yeah. in talks to play as Lydia's daughter in Beetlejuice 2. Yay. Beetlejuice 2 is something that for the past 15 years has just been a rumor, but now it's actually going to happen. You know, and normally I would not give half a shit about a sequel to Beetlejuice, but the rumor is the man himself is signed up to participate. Are you talking about Batman? I'm always talking about Batman. Man's game, Michael Keaton. My second favorite Keaton, after Diane, of course. Oh yeah, so hot, so hot, especially right now. So hot, so hot. Michael Keaton is going to reprise his role as Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Really, I do not care what the plot is. I don't care what fucking goes on in this movie. As long as there's a bunch of scenes of him just doing his thing, I'm going to be satisfied. Because you know, this, this, there's no possible way a Beetlejuice 2 can be better than the first one. But we can get some good Michael Keaton Beetlejuice action out of it. Oh, yeah. And I'm signed up for that. I'm ready. I'm rearing. I'm lubed up to go. Bring it on, Beetlejuice. I'm on all fours. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I'm with you on that, dude. I don't give a fuck about the story. I don't give a fuck about the fact that there's not going to be stop motion animation in here. And it's all going to be weird. Charlie and the chocolate factory CGI bullshit. I'm okay with that. I just want to see Michael Keaton doing what Michael Keaton does. And that's Correct. chewing the scenery, taking it home, making all the wet, making all the dicks hard. I'm a little disappointed that we're probably not going to see a cameo by Jeffrey Jones. For obvious reasons. <laughs> I can, oh, okay. What? Why? Oh, because he's a sex pest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Big old pervert, God that one. Damn it. I hate, I fucking hate the fact that Jeffrey Jones is in so many of my goddamn favorite fucking movies. At least two of them. Ravenous. Yeah. Beetlejuice. Ferris Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Mom and Dad Save the Universe or World sure. or whatever the fuck that movie is with John Lovitz. The Jeffrey Jones sex tape. Devil's Advocate. I think that might be it, actually. Actually, yeah, that's some pretty I, fucking good movies. Yeah, those are good movies. For a pedophile, oh. that's a pretty good fucking resume. That's a great resume for a pedophile. Pedophiles usually don't make it that far. Honestly, it took him a while to catch this guy. As far as pedophilia goes, he was really fucking good at it. Dude, that episode of How to Catch a Predator when he showed up really just made my heart sunk. He was one of the guys that tried to make a bolt for his fucking car. He got tackled halfway through the front yard, smashed his face right into the pavement. The whole time he's yelling, no! 
sudden everybody's just like, okay, Jeffrey, we've been on to you for a while. We read the text messages. We read the fucking conversation. And uh, by the way, that boy was 12. Well, with all that, it sounds like you've got a pretty big night planned, huh? God damn it. Why don't you have a seat right over here for me? Dude, you, how are you going to run from Chris Hansen when you're shaped like a fucking pear? He's, he seems felt. Uh, he's got people to do the tackling for him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he totally does. Yeah, yeah like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Hanson has minions. He's not doing the dirty work himself. He's just there yes. to grind your gears and add insult to injury while you know that you're caught. You seem pretty confident on the internet in terms of what you wanted to do. What was your plan tonight? Just to roll her old bones on over here and I'll dig up your daughter. You are a fast mover. Please have a seat right there. <laughs> well, David Gordon Green, after just his soul-crushing Halloween ends is going after uh, another one of my favorite fucking movies of all time, and that's The Exorcist. Hey. We've talked about this in the past. The reason why I'm bringing it up is that the Exor the first film of this new trilogy, The Exorcist, finally finished filming. Good. There's not a single person in the fucking world who wants to see this. Trust me. I don't know. Maybe Linda Blair. Is she going to be in it? Probably. No. She gonna play like a nun or like a mother or something. Ellen Burstein is is in it, and she's like a hundred years old. I mean, The Exorcist kind of goes down in history as like one of the top horror movies on every fucking horror list, right? Yeah. Oh, dude, you're gonna remake top. this, and you're gonna expect it to be worth fucking seeing, or like even come close to the original? I don't think so. The Exorcist cannot be touched. There's been so many imitators, so many duplicators, and yep. it just doesn't even fucking hold a candle to this. Particularly movie. from Blumhouse. Oh, Christ. I forgot this is a Blumhouse movie. So fuck it. Fuck it right in its fucking pea soup vomit spewing mouth. That's what I say. Honestly, yeah, man, same. But hey, you know what? I'm still going to see it because I'm bored and lonely. I have nothing better to do except watch movies. So I'm going to see this shit in a double feature with Beetlejuice 2. I'm going to go see this movie because nobody fucking likes me, Greg. Goddamn right. Quick question. I think Jeffrey Jones is going to be in this one as the priest. Oh, <laughs> oh you <laughs> just touching that little kid, trying to get the demons out of himself. <laughs> the power of Jeff compels you. Well, Greg, it is March and you know what that means. Basketball season. Well, it ain't tro March. It ain't lousy smarch weather, but you know what it is. It's, March, know what that means. It's that's right, guys. All fucking month. Goddamn right. Even though we only have a couple weeks left in March, we decided to praise one of Damn That Scary's all-time greats, and that is Corey Feldman. He is our personal favorite drug-addicted abuse victim. That's right. Oftentimes imitated, never molestitated. Totally honest, I love his music. The comeback king himself, I celebrate his entire catalog. That motherfucker is going harder than he has to. I know recently, wasn't he in, uh, uh, Buffalo, New York, Greg? He was. And let me tell you something. He went harder 
and Jeffrey Jones at a daycare. Okay, so in honor of Feldmarch, we are actually going to start with none other than 1989 Joe Dante's classic, The Burbs, starring Tom Hanks. The Hanks himself. Notorious Hollywood pedophile Tom Hanks. Uh, This movie came out in 1989, which, as many people in the horror community call, the death of horror. It was definitely the death of the slasher genre, at least for the 80s, which were... uh, we saw some releases such as Jason Takes Manhattan, The Revenge of Michael Myers, and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. All those movies completely flopped. Horror was considered just a joke at this point. But uh, on a lighter note, we did get such classic gems as The Burbs, starring the Burbs. Tom Hanks and Corey Feldman. That's right, but because of that, that it came out in 89, which was like kind of like the final nail in the coffin of horror, this movie actually fell on terrible reviews. Even though it did double its budget in the theaters, it's still just like completely kind of flopped flat on its face. And in recent years, kind of became a cult classic, second to Joe Tante's other film, which he's most known for, The Gremlins. A personal favorite of mine. Oh, God, absolutely. Which also has Corey Feldman in the movie and Dick Miller, who you'll see later on in this film. Uh, If you're like me, you love the sequel quite a bit more than the original, right? Popular opinion, I know. Asshole! Uh, Unpopular opinion, but I actually completely agree with you. Gremlins 2, New Batch, is completely off the wall, zany as fuck, and insane. Jesus, fuck, it had Grandpa Monster and it had Hulk Hogan in the fucking movie. And my own personal deity, Donald Trump. Scumbag! The movie actually came to fruition because of Dana Olson's childhood inspiration of his own neighborhood and his family. Growing up in a cul-de-sac. Joe Dante kind of took over. This movie was actually filmed during the writer's strike of 88. Meaning that most of the scenes that you see in the film are actually improv and ad lib. And we'll get to those momentarily. Uh, Greg, before I get into some more of the movie facts here, why don't you give us my favorite part of the show, our ragtag list of characters. Okay, fuckface. Our first character goes by the name of Ray, a.k.a. Tom Hanks. And all I have to say is he's a real Tom Hanks type. He totally is. Definitely plays like Tom Hanks, looks like uh-huh. Tom Hanks, acts Dresses like Tom like Hanks. Tom Hanks uh, sucks like Tom Hanks, fucks like Tom Hanks, and uh, allegedly is interested in young boys like Tom Hanks. No, 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 no! And also, Tom Hanks cannot act his way out of a paper bag to save his fucking life. Luckily, he has an amazing supporting cast to help him through this film. First of which, someone I like to call a Princess Leia. Oh. Played by the beautiful Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia. Who I can only describe as Tom's lovely wife and also kind of an alcoholic. She was more than that. A girly after my own heart. <laughs> I love Carrie Fisher so much. And she's great in this, as always. She's fantastic. So next, the reason for the season, our personal hero, Corey Feldman. Feldman. Play yeah, Corey Feldman. He is the neighborhood dipshit. He's a noisy asshole, an unapologetic pervert, 
and a big old drug addict. You know, if you read my book and you talk about the story where I started like Michael Jackson, I started doing the Billie Jean and they were throwing me the and everybody was around me and that's what started my whole music career. Well, with all that, it sounds like you've got a pretty big night planned, huh? <laughs> Corey Feldman actually got the part when meeting with Joe Dante after filming another film down in Florida. He was dressed kind of like a rock star, a, a, an 80s deadbeat, if you will. Sure. And he apologized for his appearance. Because um, he had pissed his pants. I mean, as one would when they meet Joe Dante. Of course, of course. Joe Dante said, you know what, Corey? You got the part, because this is exactly how I picture the character. Now shut that trailer door behind you and grab that can of Crisco. Because Charlie Sheen's waiting in the shower. And now for a man who doesn't tolerate any anal shenanigans, a character that I like to call Donald Rumsfeld. USA! He is a patriot, a veteran, a trophy wife fucker, a dog mutilator, and a man of action. This, of course, is none other than two-time Oscar nominee Bruce, Bruce Dern. Big Dick Dern. Dern. And he fucking Dern. rules. You may recognize him from such other films as Everything, Anything, and also Django Unchained. He wasn't in that. Oh, he was, and he had some very choice words to say about our main character. You got sand, Django. Boy's got sand. Yes, yes, he was in that. I'm just Yeah, playing. the less I'm we say about a that, little, the better. Laugh, laugh on here. I got no use for Django with sand. Literally in everything. So moving on, our next character is an old man named Walter, and by extension, his dog, Queenie. As this might imply, he is a dickhead dog owner who trains his bitch to shit on people's lawns. Walter, of course, is played by none other than comedy genius Gail Gordon, who worked with uh, Lucy Ball. And honestly, that's his claim to fame. And he's not ashamed to parade that around on this set, as we'll find out later. Of course, Gail Gordon also was the one actor in the film that nobody got along with because he kept to himself and didn't give a shit about Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, or the rest of the cast. He just was hey. there to do his parts and get the fuck out of there. Good man. When you're friends with I Love Lucy, you're allowed to big league everyone else on set, or so I'm told. He said the N-word a lot. So then you think you would have gotten along with Bruce Dern, huh? Gail Gordon uh, left us June 30th, 1995 at the ripe age of 89. Oh, shit. Yeah. Bet you feel yeah. like a piece of shit now. Uh-huh. But then we have Art. Yay! Who is Ray's friend. He's a fat guy, a loose cannon, a paranoid wild card, and an out-of-control food mooch. We all love Rick, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think you know. Dukeman. Du uh, it's close. Dukeman. Dukeman. Yeah, getting there. Dukeman. Mm, no. Dick Cummin. Dick Cummin. <laughs> not a thinly veiled euphemism for ejaculation. It's a man's last name. Let's try to be mature about it. Everybody fucking knows this guy is Cindy's dad from Scary Movie. He Correct. rules. We all love him. Uh, he was also in that uh, uh, Polly Shore is Dead bit. Link and I are cruising the mountain, bro, and we figure we's a little juice. No, we think that you Chill, bro. No. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, our next character is Vic, who quite simply is a no-nonsense waste disposal engineer who you may recognize from not just other Joe Dante films, but probably every other movie that Bruce Dern is also in. Yeah. Yeah, he's in fucking everything. But uh, you probably know him from Gremlins. But you probably know him from the greatest movie of the 1990s. Demon Knight, motherfucker! He's in Demon Knight, motherfucker! Yeah! Yeah! Demon Demon Knight, Knight, motherfucker! motherfucker. My favorite movie. Greatest movie of the 90s. Demon Knight. Motherfucker! He plays a pervert. Yeah. Uncle Willie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And these next characters, I'm just going to lump into one uh, one group of chuds, because this is the Klopcheks, who are a fucked-up family of inbred Eastern European mongoloids who are mostly, definitely, up to no good. Maybe. Possibly. We're not sure. No spoilers here. None. They're played by a bunch of Nazis and... uh child who is clearly born addicted to crack the child you're talking about is actually malachi from children of the corn yep crack baby awesome and then we only have one character left to discuss your best friend and mine certainly ray's best friend and all around good boy vince who is a dog vince is a good boy so uh does dog things doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue no no, not really. No. Let's get into the plot, Let's eh? Let's get into the plot. Let's get into the plot. The plot. plot. Let's plot. get a plot. 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 Okay. It's, All right. We, we fucking we recovered that well. Yeah, we did. Thank God. All right. Here we go. So, Ray wakes up in the middle of the night to find that his creepy new neighbors are absolutely up to no good. It turns out he lives next door to a fucking haunted house but that doesn't seem to bother him or anyone else on the block until the next morning now a little bit about that opening scene there is that it was actually kind of a spoof on rear window the whole movie was actually supposed to be an alfred hitchcock spoof on rear window but then it eventually snowballed and took it to a life of his own really the uh the similarities probably start and end with tom hanks's character spying on his neighbors but yeah. you can see where it snowballs from there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the next morning, one Corey Feldman wakes up everyone with his crappy music. <laughs> Donald Rumsfeld threatens to mutilate Walter's dog for shitting on his lawn. It's just another normal day in the burbs. Now, a little thing about Walter's dog. This dog is a little white fluffball poodle. What people don't know, this dog is actually Hollywood royalty. More importantly, Oscar-nominated royalty. This dog is precious from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, it puts the lotion on its dog dick. It might not hurt my dog. Red Rocket, Red Rocket. (laughs) Where's the big old fat person? Good. It's good that you did that. Thank you, Greg. I've always enjoyed that impression. God, now I gotta fucking deal with emails from fat people. God damn it. Oh, we hate them so much! Oh! Tom Hanks and his wife decide that he doesn't need to go on vacation right now because he's perfectly content staying at home in the The titular titular burbs. burbs. The burbs? 
The bird. Uh, what's actually kind of funny about this is that it shows that Tom Hanks is a father in this because uh, Princess Leia is like, hey, how about you, me, and our son go to the lake? And he's like, no, fuck that. I don't even want to be a father anymore. What are you, my dad? Because it would be the first time he were playing a father in a movie. And he felt like that would age him. And when he accepted the part, he didn't want the kid in it. He wanted the kid to be written out. To be fair, that kid does suck. That kid totally sucks. It adds fuck all to the plot. Like most kids, he sucks. Oh, God, I hate kids. Those parties were relatively kid-friendly. You want to explain yourself? So meanwhile... Tom's friend Art is indiscriminately firing his rifle at a bird in the middle of a neighborhood. So Tom invites him in for breakfast to avoid collateral damage. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit with neighbors just shooting guns. This is a rowdy fucking neighborhood. This is like the Wild West. I, I think it takes place in like Ohio or something. I'm not totally sure. Oh, this is definitely Ohio. Something like that. But uh, yeah, but they've all got fucking rifles. Dude, a little fun little fact about this neighborhood, though, Greg, and this is going to blow your dick off. Okay. This is where they filmed the Munsters. This is where they filmed Leave it to Beaver. And this set actually lasted up until Desperate Housewives. This is the same cul-de-sac that they filmed Desperate Housewives in, which I know is your favorite show. <laughs> okay, yeah. Did I overdo that one? A little bit. Yeah, my dick blew off. You blew my dick off with those facts. I blew your dick off! <laughs> So it seems to be the talk of the town that the new neighbors, the Klopics, or whatever the fuck their name is. The Clumps. They are a fucked up family of circus people who feed nocturnally, and they live, ironically, in house number 669. 69, dudes! Oh, you caught that too, huh? I did, yeah. It kind of stood out because my brain is that of a 13-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so they see one of them hanging out on his porch, and everybody kind of argues over who's going to go talk to the Klopek, uh, while Corey hits on Rumsfeld's wife. And it's a little uncomfortable because Rumsfeld's right there, and Corey's just screaming unruly phrases like, hey, baby, uh, nice to see you got no tan lines today. Shake that booty for Corey and maybe one or two moms. We had a lot to talk about, you and I. Why don't you just have a seat right there, please? Hey, baby, nice to see your through your skirt. There was a little behind the scenes tidbit here. I'm only saying this because this is the first scene where we really see Corey Feldman. He sucked. He sucked through this whole movie. He couldn't get his lines right. He couldn't fucking say anything right. They had to do take after take after take to the extent that even Carrie Fisher had to go up to him and be like, dude, get your shit together. Everybody can tell you're on drugs. You mean to tell me totally sober and normal Carrie Fisher had to pull him aside and fucking give a talking to him? (laughs) This was actually kind of the downfall of Corey Feldman. He was an absolute fucking mess. He was terrible Uh, in this. He was drinking. He was heavy into drugs. And uh, it was Joe Dante, Carrie Fisher... And I, I believe it was Dern was the other one. They would actually have to do, like, counseling to him in person. Like, just, like, just, one-on-one shit. I mean, it's it's sad. It's a, it's a true Hollywood story. But it, it's also kind of crazy considering what a minor role he had in this. It's like, why did this production put up with his shit instead of just hiring somebody else? Like, his, he is not important to this movie at all. And even in the final cut, I don't think he gets a single line right. Joe Dante has a real soft spot for Corey Feldman. Oh, Pl- plain and simple. 
soft Perhaps spot. Corey He's... Feldman has a real soft spot for Joe Dante. A sore spot, maybe. From Joe Dante. Allegedly. Yeah. No accusations Alleg- going uh, No way, accusations Joe. here. Allegedly. Also, dude, I, I'm really confused about, like, how Corey aged through the 80s because I feel like just a couple years before this, he was, like, 12 in the Lost Boys. And now he's like 30. I mean, he and did it, get boofed. Aww. And it really and, uh, turned him into an old soul. Well, I look younger than I am. You've been fucked many times. Perhaps really? my theory is flawed. I'm going to have to go back to the lab and think about this one. Moving on. Okay. So right about now, Ray and Art approach the front door of the Clopex and are summarily attacked by bees. It turns out that the Candyman is among the Klopek family, which fucks everything up, so they run away in a panic. That's right, and where the Candyman is, the Leprechaun isn't far behind. Correct. So, that night, Ray goes to Art's house to smoke a cigar. Corey proves that he was too coked out to act, not for the first or last time, and botches every one of his lines in this scene. Yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, it, a real heartbreaker. But in all seriousness, this is where they discuss the possibility that the Klopchecks are murderous cannibal hillbilly psychopaths. European cannibalistic murderous psychopaths. Underground dwellers. Or, yeah. Uh, They're basically, yeah, this is the family from Frontiers. And I can't overemphasize the fact that Feldman just sucks ass in this part of the movie. He's just so yeah. annoying. Oh. And this is, of course, where Feldman invites a girl over so he can rub himself on her while watching the neighbors do their usual crazy shit. Ray, Art, and Donald Rumsfeld spy on the Klopchek house just in time for a giant explosion in the basement. What could that be? Uh, some kind of boiler or something. I don't fucking know, but it's ominous. It is. And right about now, a spooky, outdated car leaves the garage the so the Klopchek's dipshit son, Opie, doesn't have to walk 15 feet to take the trash out to the curb. This is totally like an Eastern thing right there. When it's cold outside, you drive to the curb to put your garbage can out. He throws a big old bag of trash into his trunk, drives it down the driveway, pops it out, and he aggressively pounds this bag of trash into the curbside bins thoroughly convincing the onlookers that he probably has ADHD. Rock and roll, baby! Joe Dante actually made him film this scene like 20-some times to the point where the actor actually got really pissed off and was like slamming this garbage in the can, smashing it over and over. And that's what Joe Dante wanted. He took a, a page from Stanley Kubrick's book. I can only assume it helped the performance and probably put him in a mental hospital after the shoot. I hope so. So the next morning... Everyone loses their fucking minds digging through the Klopex trash like animals. While, I have to add, it is in the back of the garbage truck. Which is absolutely fantastic. And here we have everybody's favorite fucking actor, Dick Miller. And he's beautiful here. He's do- he's in full Dick Miller form. He's ad-libbing the whole thing, you can tell. This was part of the writer's strike, and he shines. When Dick Miller isn't plowing your road, when he isn't mopping the mall... He's collecting garbage. He's plowing your wife and mopping your mom. I think that's on his business card. (laughs) So everyone suspects Walter's body of being buried in the Klopex backyard. So, like the insane people that they are, they enter his locked home and decide to snoop around. I mean, wouldn't you? 
So Ray ends up watching a medley of horror movies, including The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he clearly assumes the worst about Walter's desiccated husk of a body and its whereabouts. This is literally my favorite fucking scene from the movie is this nightmare sequence. I love this so goddamn much. Um, Also, a little bit of controversy behind The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That had to be, uh, that was actually taken out of a a lot of the copies, depending on the country that you were in. Because as we know, The Exorcist was banned in a lot of countries. And so was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. And it was only until, uh, I want to say about 20 years ago, they they allowed the regular version to play. The verbs in its full form. Beautiful. Yay! So as you mentioned, this is a nightmare sequence where suddenly a chainsaw rips through uh, Ray's drywall. He is captured by Satanists and barbecued in a surreal murder nightmare. And yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, this is probably one of my favorite scenes of the film as well. If you watch Psycho Gorman, there is a nightmare sequence that in a way kind of reminds me of this. And I wonder if they were playing homage to this scene. Also feels a little bit like the Big Lebowski, but I'm not sure that there's a connection. I said we cut off your junction! Yeah, have a seat back over there for me. Ray wakes up to see Mr. Rogers on his television screen, which is arguably more upsetting, especially if you're Corey Feldman and you have repressed memories of sexual abuse. You stop that now. No one is more pure than Mr. Rogers. But nobody's more tainted than Corey Feldman. That is correct. Also, a little fun thing about this scene is Tom Hanks ended up playing as Mr. Rogers. Yes, in, uh, what was it called? Welcome to the Neighborhood, or whatever the fuck that movie was? Welcome to the Jungle. There you go. Starring Axl Rose. Rock and roll, baby! So the next day, Art and Rumsfeld decide to play Ding Dong Ditch with the Klopex house, leaving a note with a penis drawn on it for them to find under their door. Classic. Really? Classic, right? Just it might as well have been the flaming bag of dog poo, but they didn't want hey, to go man. that far. No. And this is about the time that Vince, everyone's favorite good boy, finds a giant human bone near the fence in the backyard. So everyone decides that it's time to bake brownies and bring them to the supposed murderer's house. Oh, God. I This is another one of those scenes I absolutely adore. Opie answers the door, so everyone just kind of lets themselves inside to start fucking around with all of the Klopex stuff. They are immediately startled by the entrance of one Uncle Reuben, who is stumpy, surly, and most definitely up to no good. Now, did this guy kind of remind you of Danny DeVito in a way? Oh, like a very angry Eastern European Danny DeVito, sure. Yeah, definitely. He had a a lot of, uh, like, old world charm to him. I absolutely love this scene. This is actually my second favorite scene of the movie. I like oh, when great. all the, it's like basically all the characters are together in this scene. Yeah. Um, there was supposed to be rewrites for this too, because I guess the original script was a little goofy. Joe Dante didn't really like it, but because of the writer's strike of 88, they, uh, the writers that actually wrote this weren't allowed to rewrite anything. So Joe Dante just encouraged everybody to improv, ab lib, play off of each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, the scene with the drywall being ripped off, uh, yeah. that that was Dern's actual, like, I, I, he just started doing that for some reason. It was just fun. And, the man's a genius. Oh, God damn it! Yeah, he is. He's an absolute fucking genius. Everyone in this scene was great. This is where the Klopex offer Ray a sardine, which he rudely scoops from the tin with his grubby fingers and drapes across a pretzel like a maniac and eats right in front of everybody. 
He immediately starts choking, making a fucking scene, and it's just kind of embarrassing for everyone. Like, who who behaves this way in someone else's home? That's my. You ever eat, you ever eat sardines? Fuck no. I have. Nah, they're fucking nasty, man. Oh, they're terrible, man. Especially if you get the can that's like in oil. Yeah. Also, why would you put it on a pretzel? Like, what's that all about? Yeah. But anyway, Rumsfeld takes this opportunity to grill Uncle Reuben about possibly murdering Walter, while Ray blows his nose on everything in the house. Art snoops around digging holes in the backyard uh, while everybody meets the doctor for the first time, who is clearly a Nazi cannibal. Uh, this guy actually wasn't supposed to be cast as this part, but Joe Dante worked with him on a film called Inner Space and agreed that, you know what, there is a certain type of evil about him. This is Henry Gibson. He could have a, a, an evil side. He looks like a serial killer. Like, I don't believe he was acting in this. I don't think he was either. Much like the the kids from Step Brothers, I don't think he was acting. He's got dead eyes, man. Black like a doe's eyes. So in spite of their super rude intrusion, Dr. Mangala offers them tea and tolerates their insulting accusations. Somehow, a giant angry dog is released from the basement, Art is menaced out of the backyard and into retreat, and everyone just goes home disappointed for the night. But Ray, Mr. Thomas Hanks, has a trick up his shorts. It's Walter's toupee, which he found inside the Club X house, along with a bunch of that old motherfucker's mail. Interesting. So in a word, or four words, shit just got real. Whoa! So the next day, the Clopmobile leaves, and our nosy shitbag heroes decide it's time for yet more home invasion. Art whips out his wire cutters and dicks around with the power lines until he dies, while Rumsfeld smartly grabs his rifle and jumps onto his own roof. They spend all day digging holes in the Klopek's backyard, and when it dawns on them that they haven't committed breaking and entering yet today, they go right ahead and just bust into that house for like the third, fifth, or 69th time this movie. They, of course, find a giant furnace in the basement, so what do they do? They decide to dig into the floor. Because why not? Let's leave as much evidence as possible that we've been here. And uh, while this is going on, Corey Feldman, in true Feldman form, is just outside throwing a statutory party in his front yard. There was a lot of kids everywhere. That seemed like yeah. a good time. A lot of mullets in that front yard. Yeah, I saw Dave Bustang was there. Dave Bustang was there. Shawn Michaels was there. Joe Spinell was there. And by mullets, I mean age disparity between the men and women. Oh, these girls were 13. Yeah, Corey wasn't. Nope. I don't know, maybe he was. Who fucking cares? He might have been 16. I don't know. So, of course, the Claybolds eventually come home, which was bound to happen. But more importantly, so does Walter, who is alive after all. Yay! <laughs> and if you don't mind... I think this is about the time that I should probably, I don't know, just kind of wrap this film up. Just kind of take it home. By all means, Greg, take her away. All right, here we go. The Klofelds aren't done. They've brought cops with them because their house has been invaded 69 times in the last two days. As everyone congregates in the street to explain their criminal activities, the house spontaneously combusts. Ray 
waddles from the blaze, burnt and broken, while Art and Rumsfeld contemplate how they're going to pass the time in prison for the next several decades. Art insists that Dr. Mangala is, in fact, guilty of crimes against humanity until Ray finally loses his goddamn mind and goes on a tirade that culminates in him jumping into the back of an ambulance where the doctor is waiting. He reveals his evil schemes because he's a genius and attempts to murder Ray with a syringe full of death juice. They crash the ambulance, ruining yet another house, and wrestle on a moving gurney until it crashes into the clop car, revealing a trunk full of human skulls. The day is saved. Our heroes are vindicated for all of their recent criminal activity. Princess Leia reconsiders her pending divorce. Everyone gets laid, and it's... The, the end. Oh, man, Greg, I couldn't have said it better myself, Good. my man. That was, it's the bird. Oh my god, I fucking love this movie so much. So much of this is just the actors having fun with each other. Uh, as right. a matter of fact, they had so much fucking fun on the set. Tom Hanks bought everybody very expensive sunglasses and had handwritten letters to everybody. One of the handwritten letters was to Mrs. Rumsfeld, who is played by Wendy Shaw. He actually said to her, I still don't know what you were doing on set, but... It was still great working with you. Fortunately, she figured her shit out in time to be hired as the wife in American Dad. That's right. And you know how she got that was because Seth MacFarlane actually is a huge fan of this movie. Because Seth MacFarlane needed a blowjob. Allegedly. Awesome. That whole part where Tom Hanks actually grabs the gurney and throws it into the ambulance, that was all him. Like, yeah. that, that's absolutely fucking incredible. I love this movie so goddamn much everyone plays so well off of each other there's no tits so you already lose a star right there four Ooh. out of five scaries i fucking love the burb so much it's a call classic it's rewatchable it's fun it has Corey feldman who's an absolute fucking mess in this movie but everybody else holds it together but i'm pretty sure Corey is actually the glue I can't say i disagree with the whole lot that you said burbs is a, a straight up classic it's a cult favorite might not have been real popular when it came out, but people sure fucking love it today, myself included. As you said, fantastic acting. It doesn't really take place in a very diverse environment, but it doesn't need to. It's There's an interior of the Clopex house, and then there's the streets. That's, that's it. It's all but filled it works. in one location. I mean, that's all it needs, yeah. It yep. doesn't, it's very self-contained. It, it really allows you to focus on the acting talents of the main cast, which, I mean, you got stars from top to bottom. I mean, fucking Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Corey Feldman somehow standing upright uh, after his recent complications. What else is there to say? Uh, five out of five, man. Five Beautiful. out of five. Absolutely. God damn, this movie is so good. If you haven't watched, if you if if you're listening and you haven't watched this, like go fucking watch it. You're gonna love it. And if it's one of those movies that you haven't seen in a few years, go watch it. Do it. It's great. Do it. 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 I a little fun thing though is like with like the the family and all, I don't really know like what their intentions were. Why they were murdering all these people. Yeah, there's a they're Eastern European evil. This was back when you could do that. Yeah, that's true. There was no like cultural insensitivity to worry about. There was no uh tiptoeing around the fact that this was I don't know what's the word, xenophobic. It was just these people are vaguely foreign. Uh, yeah. So they must be murderers. So 
That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, this is like it was the, the, cold, 80s. The, the Cold War is still going on. It's the 80s. It's the right. 80s. Reagan was president. Uh, no explanation no. needed. You, you had like a, a kind of Nazi-ish doctor, so you know he's evil. And you got a guy who just is perpetually angry. And his son who's just... Yeah! There's, yeah, there's something going on there. I, you know, like, I, and also, like, the, the reveal at the end that the family were actually murderers, the trunk that opens up and reveals all the, the, the bones and, like, the skulls, that was actually supposed to be Dick Miller and uh, the other garbage men, like, mangled body parts, like, with blood everywhere and shit. And Joe Dante was like, ah, this doesn't fit. Let's just put bones in there. You know, if you're, if you're really going to nitpick the script, they probably could have easily gotten away with it if the doctor didn't have that revealing his his secret plan moment in the ambulance. Okay. That was a little, uh, yeah. it wasn't very, very Eastern European doctor-like. Uh, no, he would have just killed him. Uh, uh, which yeah. also was, in the original script, Tom Hanks was supposed to be murdered. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it was before they cast Tom Hanks. Exactly, uh, yeah. Once they it was brought the, him on, they were like, nobody kills Tom Hanks. Nobody, nobody kills Tom Hanks. But you know, now that I'm thinking about that little uh, kind of problem with the script there, uh, that little, that whole doctor revealing his plan cliche, I'm going to have to change my score. It's not exactly what I perceived it to be at first, so five out of five. Mm, controversial. Mm. Scaries. Five out of five scaries. Scaries. Mm. Mm. Here's the stamp. Well, there you have it. The burbs. The what burbs. are we doing next, Greg? Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to continue with Feldmarch. 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 What a rush. Feldmarch, of course, meaning Corey Feldman related movies. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it'll have a hockey face slasher. Maybe it'll have some fucking vampires. Who knows? Who fucking cares? You're going right. to listen. You're going to love it. And that's really all there is to it. That's it. Yeah, that's it, man. So, coming at you from the two Corys here at DTS, can I be Hame? I get to be Hame. Yeah. You're more of a Feldman anyway. Well, I don't know, man. Feldman kind of... Feldman in you. You kind of have uh, Feldman's hair, though. Fuck. And I kind of have Hame's hair. Shit, did I get that wrong? Are you Hame and I'm Corey? Maybe. Wait. Wait, no, 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 but I'm Corey. You be Corey. Oh, okay. okay, we're the two Corys of DTS, and we're telling all of you motherfuckers to love each other. Careful one another. But most importantly, keep, keep it, it. Bookie! Bingle, bangle, wamble, flamble, my man. Damn, that's scary. fucking kidding me <laughs> oh that's fucking funny demon knight motherfucker now grab this can of crisco and come on over <laughs> All connected. it's a big old conspiracy with cory feldman's butthole at the center of it bruce 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 bru